You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Oh, this is, uh, gosh, where do I begin? <laughs> this is a great episode. I interviewed, her name is Rebecca. She's Australian, so she lives in Australia. And I thought it'd be cool to to talk to a woman. Uh, she's about 24, 25 years old and talk to someone who just wasn't in America. That was that was one of the big reasons why I wanted to interview her and just hear about a little bit about dating in Australia. I'll be honest, it, it didn't really go in that direction. Uh, maybe a little bit, but not much. But what we ended up talking about, as you can see from the title, was just about women knowing what they want, what they don't want, what they're attracted to, what they're not attracted to. And I think you're going to, I don't know, maybe at parts you'll you'll cringe, maybe at parts you'll laugh, maybe parts will stump you. We we talk about a lot and there's some contradictory things that are said here. And what I mean is Rebecca tells things about what she wants, but then it's interesting that she maybe either doesn't act on those or then you realize that even though she says it's something that she wants, it's not something that she ends up going for. You'll see what I mean. Uh, and I'm not putting her down. She's aware of this. I make her aware of this. I call her out. But we have a really great conversation. She was she was really fun to talk to and interesting to talk to. One being because she is incredibly self-aware. And I end up saying that towards the end of the episode. I, I compliment her on that because it's something I'd commend anyone for. The self-awareness. Because not everyone is self-aware. And being self-aware is something that can be difficult because... When we're so self-aware, we do see our flaws along with our our virtues. And what makes it tough is you might not like what you see. And she admits some of these things. And I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy talking to her is because we could have a real conversation. When two people are honest and self-aware, you can have a real conversation that does lend itself to be something to learn from. So I guess that's the best way I can put it here and why I really enjoyed the interview. At times it seems like we got lost, you know, because we were going from topic to topic, but we ended up coming to some very interesting conclusions. I won't spoil it for you towards the end. There was something kind of deep that happened and I definitely, it ended up putting the whole interview together for me. You'll see what I mean when you, when you get towards the end something about Rebecca. Now, Rebecca, if you're listening, thanks again for coming on. Thanks again for being so honest. The reason why I like to do these episodes where you interview women and, and talk about female nature, what they want, what they don't want, what they're attracted to, and, and the actions that they take is so we can learn from them. And I do also mention that on the interview as well. She asked me, what, why do I do these interviews? And I told her why. It's good to learn it's good to learn not just from direct advice, but you learn indirectly from just hearing about how women think and how they act, and that's going to help you in your dating life. So very powerful stuff. I know it can be really hard to navigate this world. I don't want this episode to come out and confuse you or frustrate you even more about the female species. Again, you'll see what I'm talking about as you listen to it. But if you do feel confused, if you feel like 
this is just overwhelming because not a lot of it is logical in terms of how to attract a woman. And this just continuously stumps you over and over again. Don't hesitate to reach out for help. There are options. One of them is getting my hooked course at getherhooked.com. We'll put a link in the show notes there. It's a course that you can go through on my website and it teaches you what women want, what they're attracted to and how to meet women. You can also get coaching. You can work with one of the coaches here at TripAdvice, coachedbytrip.com. Go to that page and you'll learn more about coaching and what it has to offer you. To spoil it, it's going to get you fast results and it's going to get you really far in your dating life. Why? Because when you have someone pushing you on holding you accountable, then you have someone to get you results, to guide you, just like any other coaching out there that you might be doing. But I wouldn't say this is like getting golf lessons. We're not here to just give you a few tips to help in a little bit of areas, but we really change lives. We get guys' girlfriends all the time, break their shyness, become more confident. They do well in not just in dating, but in all the different areas of their life. So definitely give it a shot, coachedbytrip.com. I'm excited now for you to dig into this interview. If you want to follow her on social media, we'll put those links in the show notes and you can check that out as well. And you can always DM me and say hello. In fact, DM me after you listen to this episode and let me know what you think. Trip advice on Instagram. All right, here's the episode. Hey, Rebecca, how's it going? Hi, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. So long time coming. Glad we're able to make this happen. Yes. (laughs) So, all right. I know this is your first podcast, so we'll we'll go easy on you. But you seem pretty interested in coming on. I feel like you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seemed like maybe you were eager to talk about this or share stuff or what made you so interested in coming on? I mean, most, most of the time it's usually me you know, following up with a lot of people, but you followed up with me. So what's up with that? I am very eager to talk about it. It's something I wouldn't say like I'm passionate about it, but a lot of my TikTok videos relate to, you know, gender roles and old school um, traditions. And I feel like society these days, there's a lot of clashes and relationships aren't working. And I think that's for a reason. So I've really taken the time to figure out why. So I'm really like eager to talk about, you know, someone else's input on that and just, yeah, figure out why that's happening. Okay. Okay, cool. So what do you think is happening exactly? I just think not only are there a lot of failed relationships, I feel like people give up easily and I feel like men more so because not only men I've dated, but men that are my friends or just random men I meet out, I feel like they're unhappy with women these days and I feel like women are trying to step into masculine energy and I feel like it's just not working out women are trying to be you know the dominant ones or you know all about equality and obviously women can do what men can do and they can't we're just separate we're separate genders with our own strengths and weaknesses and I feel like that clashes significantly when you're in a relationship especially. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. So first of all, you're in Australia, you're in Melbourne. Yes. So do you, what's happening over there right now with 
masculinity, femininity? What's happening there? Um, I feel like it's promoted even more, like to be this new age thing. I feel like it's followed a lot and women can get, I've heard women literally get offended if a male, like a stranger say opens the door for them, say at a restaurant or something. And they'll be like, yeah, it's so weird. Like they'll be like, Oh, you know, what are you trying to say? I can't open the door. I've literally heard from a couple guy friends that they've had a weird encounter with a female, even like gestures like that. Like it's very bizarre. I don't know what's happening here. (laughs) It's interesting. I feel like it was just maybe 10 years ago when women were saying chivalry is dead. Yeah. And now they don't want it. Yeah, now they don't want it. But I want it and I always get it. So, like, my energy, like, I always attract, like, the Prince Charming type of guys, you know, that open the car door or that buy me gifts or pay for everything and, you know, very, very, like, that type of guy. So, I wouldn't settle for anything else. But they're rare these days. (laughs) They're forced to not be like that, I feel like. Okay. So these guys that you're dating, they, can you, can you say that again? What is it that they're doing exactly for you? So just whether it's simple gestures or bigger gestures. So just opening the car door, whether we're going on a date or not, always paying for dates, paying for holidays, just activities together that always pay gifts, you know, whether it's consistent or not, just some type of gift they would do, whether I ask for it or they just do it on their own will. And I'm um, sure, I'm sure you're, do your friends, do your girlfriends want that? Uh, most of them, no. Or I mean, they do even, want even that, it, but even that not. type of guy. Yeah. Most of them want it. Sorry. Most of them don't want it, but it's not like a make or break for them. They don't mind. But it's not like it. For me, it's a make or break. For most of my friends, it's not. Okay. Okay. Got it. So I'm curious. I can see the value that that guy is bringing in your life. So what value are you bringing to his life? So what are you offering in return for all those things? Generally, always, the guy would be working more and harder. Um, so whether I'm living with them or not, I would, you know, cook them something or offer to get the groceries, just things like that. Even if it's not all the time, like, cause they still cook for me. I feel like guys are very simple and all they want is an acknowledgement or like, you know, someone to talk to someone that will be ready to listen to them and, you know, offer them emotional support or even a simple thing, like a quick massage or yeah, like a quick meal, that would um, suffice them. Interesting. And so do you think, and so your friends that are not like you, they would roll over in their grave before they did something like that. Is that, is that true or no? As in before they do something for the guy. I mean, yeah. I mean, or, or have that type of relationship. Yeah. Most, they're not really worried about it. They care about other factors, you know, whether the guy's nice or loyal, like they wouldn't really put that in the top three or five, you know, pros and cons of a guy type of thing. So what's theirs then? What are their, what are the things they look at? Yeah. Just um, a nice guy. Yeah. Loyal. Maybe doesn't 
go out too much to clubs, something like that. I feel like a lot of girls don't really like overly social guys or party type of guys um, when it comes to settling down. A guy with a good job, consistent, they don't really mind too much about like how much they would earn as long as it's they show signs that they're a hard worker and they're motivated. But they're happy to, you know, both save for a house or something like that or both contribute to things. But for dates, I find all of my friends now, they're not accepting like for, for them to pay for dates. Wait, I'm say that again, that they're not accepting. Um, so the girl won't pay for the date at all now that I've found. So the guy only pays. But I thought that your friends wanted equality. When it comes for dates, no. But when it comes for everything else, then yeah, like they'd have, you know, a shared bank account or they'd both save for the holiday or they'd both save, you know, they'd take turns buying each other gifts or groceries, things like that. But when it comes for dates, um, the guy always pays. So they want equality. They they only want it where it's going to benefit them, it sounds like. Maybe. Yeah, I guess. It's like they're picking and choosing. They, you know, it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't sound very fair, don't you think? Yeah, no. It's either you choose one way or the other, like how I am, or like complete equality. Like I should, I feel like you shouldn't choose in between. It's a bit weird. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like kind of unfair. Yeah. Right? Like it just seems like, I don't know. Because on your end, you seem to be more um, in line with kind of exactly what you're offering and what what you want the man to offer. Yeah. But these other kind of more, I guess, progressive or modern women, we can call them, they kind of seem to pick and choose where they want equality and where they don't. Yeah. Yeah, I see you, that. Do you have any more examples of that that you, maybe you're seeing anywhere? I feel like it's mainly for dates. Yeah, it's mainly for dates. Okay. Okay, got it. So nowhere else. Yeah. No. Do you know any women though that w- would ever date someone who's making less than they are? Not that I know of. No. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> I wouldn't do it personally, and I don't see why someone would. Because, as I said, a man is meant to be the provider. But I guess you can still work hard, but doesn't mean you're making so much money. So it doesn't mean that they're not a hard worker just because they're not, you know, earning more than you or earning a significant amount. So I guess, I don't know, I'd probably rather, I actually would rather see someone be motivated and a hard worker because anyone can earn money easily these days, especially online. So I feel like it doesn't take that much. But I'd rather see my man work, you know, 15-hour days than quickly earn some money for a couple hours and then go and, you know, party the rest of the day. So I think I would rather option one. I'm going to challenge you a little bit on that one. No, don't, because I'll contradict myself. Well, that, well, <laughs> then what, well we got to have the conversation. So would you be open to tell us how much you make per year? Uh, no, I'll keep that. I'll keep that private. Can you give us a range? It really depends on the year because I don't work last time. Last year. It's hard to say because then there was like, you know, the COVID 
payments, things like that. So. Okay. Average in the past three years. <laughs> so it's not over 80,000. So it's not a, a significant amount. Okay. So let's yeah. call it, let's call it 75 for ease sake. Okay. Yeah. If your man was working 15 hours a day and he was making $40,000 per year, you cool with that? No. So there's the contradiction. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. I knew one was coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and like prove you wrong. I'm really just trying to discuss this and trying to get, you know, the the female opinion and also just trying to see what's going on. It's like I'm doing research myself. I'm finding a lot that there happens to be a lot of things that women say, but then it doesn't seem to be the actual truth. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like they want to say something because it's maybe politically correct or they want to strive for equality. But then for some reason in their actions, it doesn't really show. For example, yeah, wanting that. that wanting the guy to pay for the first date, you know. All dates. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. OK, thank you for the clarification. All dates. I was in a so I've been in two, three year relationships and I didn't pay for anything like at all. We probably went on dates probably three times a week for three years. So most of that literally was like fine dining. So you can imagine how expensive these dates were. Oh gosh. Yeah. Especially in Australia too. Like, wow. Yeah. And these guys, they, they weren't rich. They're just comfortable. So yeah, it was for them to do that. It, it was bizarre. Like not many guys would stick to that. I feel like if they're not literally rich. They spent an awful amount. I could tell you that. Okay. Okay. So right now, where are you meeting men? It's mainly yeah, through Instagram. Okay. Or from a, through a friend. I feel like I don't, it's not that men don't approach me. I feel like I don't like to be approached. So I show signs of, not open, like I'm not open with my body language. So yeah, you, say you, I wouldn't you, be making eye contact or. I'm, um, I'm saying this in the nicest way possible. You've resting bitch face. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Everyone okay. says that. <laughs> yeah. How would you try to be realistic here? Don't try to give mm-hmm. the answer that people want to hear. How would you feel if a man approached you on the street, wanted to talk to you? Would you be open to that? Yes, I am actually a very friendly and easygoing person. So I'm sure you've noticed, like, I'm not, even though I have a resting bitch face, I can, you know, hold conversations. I am, you know, bubbly, things like that. Yeah, for so sure. So actually, I'm very friendly. So I never, re- I actually feel really bad to reject people. So that's another thing, especially if I find someone not attractive or that I'd never consider dating. I find it really difficult to reject them. So I will actually. A lot of the time I feel bad, so I'll actually give them that couple of minutes, you know, because it could make their day. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I'm the hottest person in the world, but, you know, just maybe for them it can be difficult, you know, to Mm -hmm. find someone. So I actually, you know, start talking to them about their day or just anything about myself and I'm really friendly and, you know, and then they leave with a smile even if they didn't leave with my number. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I find it hard to turn someone down, like, I would eventually, but I'm always friendly about it. Well, what if it was someone that you were, you were interested in? You wouldn't be turning them down. 
But the thing is, it's never happened in my life, and I'm trying to figure well, out why. I know because they're not because they're not approaching you. But how come the ones that I'm not interested in and the ugly ones approach me? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> they um, do. I don't know. I don't. Have I don't an know. Answer. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because <laughs> part of you kind of was like it was encouraging for a moment. It was like, oh, you know, telling guys, hey, you should go and approach women, even if they have resting bitch face. They're still going to be nice to you, or they still could be a very nice person. But at the end of the day, if you're not attracted to them, then you're just going to nicely reject them, which is normal. Yeah. Okay. How many men are you are approaching you per month? In person? Yeah, in person, yeah. Not many. I'd say 10. Okay. That's only if I pretty much go out, though, to a bar or something. So or that's only walking. like, if you're, okay, so like, what's the breakdown of like at, a social bar club versus let's say like a daytime casual. Pretty much all of it. I'd say 90% would be at a bar nighttime type of interaction. Okay. So even at those places, the ones that you're interested in are not approaching you. But I'm not interested in anyone, which is weird. Like I never find someone so the thing is, I don't go for looks, which is why I said I don't usually date my type. I go for, as bizarre as it sounds, I can feel people's energy really well. So I literally would go by their energy. You just, and if it mixes Rebecca, with mine. You, you just said two seconds ago that you rejected the ugly guys. Yes, but I still didn't feel their energy. Like, we weren't compatible in, at all. I, would, I wouldn't go for someone ugly, but they don't have to be, like, really hot or anything either. So you're saying that when the guys that do approach you... It's not just their looks that you're rejecting. It's their whole vibe. Yes. Okay. That wasn't clear at first. Now I understand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. So what does that vibe have to be? So I feel like it's hard to find that traditional guy I'm seeking, what I was telling you about. And I can sense that based on, they don't even have to speak. So I can feel their vibe that they're like that. I can't explain it. I'm always right. I can always pick the guys that are that traditional, you know, masculine energy type of type of vibe that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. What's the opposite of that that you've experienced? So you're describing a guy that you like. What kind of guys have you dated, not just been approached, but dated, gone on multiple dates with that you found had the opposite and maybe describe that a little bit? Mm-hmm. So guys that are not... So I noticed little things like, well, we're not really in the car together on a first date. I prefer to drive there myself. But opening the restaurant door, for example, not walking in front, even if it's like two steps in front of me, I can straight away tell that that's not a traditional guy. Like as silly as it sounds and like, you know, probably immature, but it's literally the truth in my experience. Like I'll notice little things like that. Okay, so all those chivalrous things. Yeah, and I can straight away tell, or if they, most of the time, the guy, whether it's a first date or someone I'm seeing for a while or a long-term partner, they will actually order on my behalf at the dinner. So basically, I'll tell them what I want from the menu, 
And then when the uh, waiter comes, they will say, oh, and, you know, she will have or, you know, announce me as whatever my girlfriend or something will and, have. And, and you like that. So I've always liked it, but I feel like now I'm getting a bit turned off by it. And I don't know why the older I'm getting. I was talking to my mum about it the other day and she's like, I don't know how I raised you, but I would hate for someone to treat me like a baby. Like, she's like, you're an idiot. How do you like that? Oh, man. So this is why my job exists. Because, and I'm, I'm not putting you down when I say this. No, it's okay, yeah. But you've said so many, not just for yourself, but for your friends, so many contradicting things, you know, wanting chivalrous, not wanting chivalrous. And it really is just confusing men. They just don't have, they, that, they, yeah. they don't have the right, the right guidance, but mm-hmm. okay. Anything beyond some of those chivalrous things that a guy has done, that's like turned you off when you're, when you've been on multiple dates with them, or, or maybe like you've been dating them for many weeks to months. Honestly, that's the main thing that is always the first thing I look at. And I feel like because I focus so much on that, the rest of the things I don't notice. Like, honestly, that's how much I focus on it. Wow. Just just, just like yeah. the chivalrous kind of leading type moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. That's it. So you just like when a guy leads. Chivalry doesn't necessarily mean leading. I guess it means... Okay. Is that how you would interpret it? Um... Most chivalrous actions to me feel like something of either leading and protecting. Yeah. So another contradictory thing when you said leading and chivalry. So on dates, I actually only choose the dates. So how silly does that sound? If I only choose the date, that defeats the man's purpose of what I want. But then he pays for the date and, you know, does the whole chivalry. (laughs) But like... (laughs) I don't let them choose the date. Otherwise, I won't go on the date. Everyone knows that about me. Okay. So why am I- <laughs> what do you mean? You pick what you have to pick the spot. Yeah, yeah. Only so in all my relationships, they didn't pick. They probably picked one a year. What about like the first or second date? No, I pick them. Lately, I've tried a couple times with a guy to pick it, but I prefer. Uh, is it I'll because continue to pick what's it. the reason? Are you a picky eater? Yes, and I don't like someone organizing something on my behalf, like without my say. Why? I just don't like it. Like, I feel like it's just where I want to go. That's where I'd feel comfortable. Okay. So then now I'm very confused. So then what, what is it that you do like in terms of these chivalrous actions? So all the little things I mentioned, of course, paying saying, oh, the typical, oh, you know, let me know when you get uh, home safe type of message, all those good morning, good night messages, just sweet, sweet talking, and but not where it's fake. I'd like them to be genuine about it, but mm-hmm. just, you know, being very respectful of you and your well-being and your day and, yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about that lately, and I'm glad you brought it up. One thing I've been thinking about is I have a theory that all that stuff that you just mentioned, it's not the thing that's actually getting you attracted. It's the cherry on top, meaning Mm. I feel that 
it's not the actions of those things that really make you go, I like this guy. It's something else that's making you attracted to him. And then he does those things. And because you already like him, you see those things as something that feels good because when you like him and he does those things, that's validation for you. And that validation feels warm inside. Kind of like it would for a man too. And then you point out, women like to point out those things. When like a guy can do all those things, and I've also seen that not work a lot. Chivalrous moves, pay for the day, check in on you. I mean, I have... You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't, a guy shouldn't do that. I think those things are fine, but I don't think that's the real source of what's making you attracted to the guy. What are your thoughts on that? I can tell your story, but I don't, I don't really want like the whole thing posted about it. It's just about my previous, my relationship. Well, this Um, will be public, but share whatever you feel comfortable. As in the whole video will be public. Well, this whole podcast, the whole audio will be at least. Oh, yes. I thought you just um, cut things out. That's okay. Um, <laughs> well, um, sometimes, but not, not normally. That's all right. So, basically, my recent relationship with Taylor for three years, and I got set up with him by a friend, and I actually had a boyfriend at the time, and I was unhappy with him based on the reasons we're describing. So, he dropped a lot of his efforts with romance, chivalry, things like that. And I was just getting very bored in the relationship. So I called my friend one day and I said, hey, do you have someone for me? And I described all of these points of how I wanted the man to be, right? Which was everything we've discussed. And she called me back straight away. She's like, hey, I've got the guy for you. And we sort of, we just went on a blind date and I didn't like him. I wasn't attracted to him physically, but I'm something left an imprint on me and it was his energy. And I went back home and I'm like, what's going on? Because this guy, we didn't even communicate that well, but there was something there. And I held on to that. I'm like, this is really weird for me. Anyway, and we actually both stopped talking to each other for a whole month because he wasn't feeling my vibe either. And then we reconnected and we were literally like, it was so intense, this connection for the rest of the three years after that. And it was all from what he was showing me. He showed me like this whole fairy tale and everything was beautiful and lovely and romantic. And I sort of fell for that. And it made me really appreciate how he made me feel and who he was as a man. And I literally fell for him based on what he was doing. And then I'd see him in a different light. Like I literally found him attractive. Like I just look at, I thought he was the most attractive guy in the world, but then realistically like I'm like but he wasn't like he's not it's just what I view him as and I put him on this pedestal now so it's changed my outlook on him on his physicality okay so I find that interesting and everyone else does that I tell okay so his energy be more specific what does that mean energy I can just feel it I can't explain like I can literally just feel even with friends or even Back in your school days, right, or anywhere, if you're going to a lecture or something, wouldn't you sit in the spot where you can you can just walk in, you can already feel who you'd get along with, can't you? Like you'd sit next, you wouldn't sit next to the group that you're like, oh, something feels weird. Yeah, but sometimes I'm wrong. I'm always right, though. I can just tell straight away. Well, I can it's got to be something. 
It's got to be conversation, the way you guys chat with each other, maybe some other behavioral or masculine qualities that he's exhibiting. I've noticed whoever I've dated long term has a similar trait where they're very quiet. <laughs> like they're just very, my friend likes guys like this too. And I'm like, why aren't you married yet? And she's like, I don't know. I feel like guys these days, they're too like, too much is going on. They're too energetic. They're too like, they talk too much. She's like, I like a traditional guy where they don't say much and they're just quiet. And I feel like European guys are like that. And I date guys like that. They just don't really speak. Like I make a lot of the conversation. And they're stoic, like stoic. What's that? I've never heard of that. A person who can endure pain or hardship without showing their feelings or complaining. Yes. Yeah. But when I say it, I mean like kind of that, but also just like kind of emotionless. Kind of like a rock. Like that, but they're still more emotional and affectionate than I am. So I'm very, I'm not the vulnerable type um, when it comes to, as in the physicality. So I'm not really like affectionate and loving, whereas the man always is. But then they're said, strong. I, I thought you said you were affectionate when you're with a guy. and Not physically. Um, I'm saying like uh, internally. So why we compliment oh, okay. each other is I'm not that strong in tough times, I need support um, emotionally and they need it more. They're, they're my support emotionally because they're like hard, like a rock, like you were saying. But then like physically, they're very affectionate. So we complement each other like that, I found, because I'm not the physically affectionate type. Are all these guys really rich? No, so that's the thing. I have dates, like, so dated means I would say in a relationship and then if I'm seeing someone... It's something more like casual and ongoing. So those ones are usually, you would say, rich. But the ones I've actually been in a committed relationship with, they're just, you could say, just above average, just, you know, comfortable. Okay. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to wrap my hand around everything here. There's too much information. No, it's it's not that there's too much information, but it's just kind of a... It's a lot of, of, of kind of, of everything. Yeah. What I mean is it's a lot of two sides of the coin, you know? So for you, when, let's say this, you're 24, almost 25, right? Yeah. Do you want to get married? Yeah, about when I'm 30, around probably just over 30. Why at that point? Because I feel like I have a lot of older friends. Uh, I've seen with my parents as well. And I feel like if you're getting married young, you would have a lot of regrets because you haven't been independent for, for enough of your years. And your 20s are vital. You know, you should experience not only the world, just everything, like whatever you want to do. It's the time to be selfish is how I would put it. And you can't be selfish when you have a husband or kids. Definitely not. You have to be selfless. And I'm not ready to get out of that selfish stage. Well, you have to be selfless when you're in a relationship. So are you looking for a relationship right now? I feel like not as much. Like, you know, you, you still got your, you're more independent still. You've got your own life. Got it. Um, 
I'm not at the moment, but if it happens, it happens. Like I just wanted to take a break um, because I've always been in one, like we've discussed, and I'm actually liking my own space. Okay. Is your goal, though, to get married? I wouldn't say it's a goal, like it's not a necessity, but I think I would get married for the wrong reasons to a lot of people. So I would probably get married for that sense of security, like financially. What's your most important priority in your life? As in within myself. Mm-hmm. Um, right now. No, just in all of your life. Do you want to grow in your career? Do you want to have a family? Do you want all the above? Do you want, want to just be... have good times and travel? Yeah. Like what's the, what's the most important to you? Uh, I do want to kickstart my acting career overseas. So I would hope to go there. Probably next year I'll look at doing something there. Cool. Even though I do auditions like self-tapes from the US, I was doing it a lot the last couple of years. Like I do probably two a week. So a lot of the casting directors already know of me. So I feel like you don't have to go there these days like how it was in the old days. You don't just pack your things up and, you know, go test your luck. You can just do things through your laptop. Would you be okay with not getting married one day? Or is that like, no, you're definitely going to have that? Yeah. No, I would want to get married. Okay. Do you want kids? I wouldn't mind really either way. I don't really have a strong opinion whether I do or I don't. It's more like, uh, like, you know, if it happens, if I want it at the time, that type of thing. Okay. A lot of females have found that when they start getting into their 30s that they really want kids. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious then, have you heard about something called sexual market value? Uh, not really, no. Okay. I feel like I have, but I don't know that much about it. What do you know about it? Is that as in like when the woman sort of has X amount of years to where she's attractive to a male. Correct. Yeah, yeah. As well as a man to a female. Yeah, but I feel like men age so much better. Like, literally, I found men attractive way into their 50s, and I feel like women have up until, like, 35, I've found. Yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, women have until about 28 to 30. Mm-hmm. And then it starts going downhill and they're not as attractive as they're the other women around. Yeah. Let's just say. Yeah. So would you agree with that? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. If that's the case then, and you want to find the best husband possible, I'm just curious, like, wouldn't it make sense to try and find that? when you're in your peak years, so you have the best options available to you versus now you're 29 or 30 and you have less options. Yeah. And you're you're trying to find that awesome man that you've described. Yeah. Well, I mean, I am constantly not necessarily searching whether I'm searching or just keeping my options open. That's why I wouldn't commit to a relationship straight away because I am trying to find just because I said I'd get married at 30 doesn't mean I wouldn't be with the person before. Okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. So then when does the selfish time end? Yeah, like 30s, I would think. 
So but I'm still I, being with the it, guy. When did it end when you're in a relationship? Forget marriage for a second. I mean, what's the difference, right? I mean, I mean yeah, What do I you get mean? It. You should, you're still acting the same in a relationship. I mean, yes, marriage is like a longer commitment and it definitely has a deeper meaning for the relationship, but I'd imagine you're still going to be selfless in the relationship are you saying that once you get married you're that's when you become more selfless you have more responsibilities when you're married so with that means you do have to be more selfless i don't have many responsibilities in a relationship what responsibilities do you have more in a marriage than in a <laughs> well i'm not married but what i've seen people look very like you know stressed out and you'd obviously be living together so with that there's obviously more responsibilities I wouldn't be living with someone again until I'm close to marriage. How close so, to marriage? Pretty much like I'm sure, like in his sure, we're going to, it's going to eventuate into that. Oh, well, yeah. That's, yeah. That's for certain. But you'd probably live together for at least a couple of years before you get married. No, I wouldn't do it a couple of years. That's too long. I just need a few, even two months and I can already decide if they're the person for me. Two months living together? Yeah. Like I lived with my recent ex for about that two, three months. And then I realized that we're not compatible. Interesting. Yeah. I, okay, I, I will agree with you on that, that once you live together, become, that becomes more closer to what marriage would be like. Mm. But what are these things that you're doing pre-living together that's more selfish? I'm just trying to understand what you mean by that. Well, I don't generally prioritize the relationship. It's more, it's not a necessity to my life. So I would prioritize, say, the gym, for example. That, like, that, that sounds dangerous. What if, you, what if you lose a guy to that? Yeah, that's the thing. But I've never lost anyone so far. Touch wood. I always, like, break <laughs> okay. up with them. But... I would prioritize myself and probably not social life. I do prefer to spend time with my partner, but I prioritize, say, you know, just I haven't seen my partner for a few days, but then I haven't gone to the gym for a few days, which doesn't happen. But I would choose the gym, for example, and then not see him till the next day. Like, or say I haven't, you know, just anything. I would pretty much choose what suits me better at the time, like what will provide me with something, whether it's work or, fitness they're always my priority okay over a partner so yeah okay got it okay so you're always on the lookout for a relationship mm -hmm. is it your goal to get married by 30 or 30 is the the earliest you get married earliest okay okay yeah i mean i i I think the plan sounds pretty good, but I also feel like having it 30 be the earliest still sounds to me like you're really trying to wait out for like the perfect guy. Not that anyone shouldn't, I'm not saying that anyone should settle, but there comes a point when sometimes like you find someone who's like pretty awesome. That should be the person, right? 
Yeah. So I guess my point here is, is that, again, I wouldn't want anyone such as yourself to settle, but I also wouldn't want you to be single in in 35 because that just is going to be, then you're, then you're going to have to settle. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? What do you think about some of these things I'm saying? No, I agree with that. You do definitely have less options for a female as you get older, especially if you're looking for a successful guy. Successful guys will naturally gravitate towards someone not too young, but yeah, around mid-20s, I feel like, would be their ideal. So I wouldn't be their first option at in my early 30s. Right, right. Does that scare you at all or you kind of yeah. like, oh, oh, it does scare you? Yeah, so my biggest fear is aging. Like de- like I think about it all the time. Like more than death, honestly. Like I my I would fear aging more than I would fear death. Wow. But it's funny yeah. cuz they they go together so hand in hand. Yeah, but aging is over 30. I'm not going to die then, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. So maybe with that being said and I don't want to speak too soon because maybe you're doing this. Maybe you should be very active in finding somebody. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, I am keeping my options open. I have been going on a lot of first dates. Oh, great. Yeah. But then if you're going on too many, like I used to like it back in the day, but now it's just too much. Like you get over it. Like it's the same thing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels a bit robotic eventually. Yeah. I I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. It does it it does kind of warp your mind a little bit because you're meeting a lot of people and it seems to be kind of a lot of the same. Yeah. And then it in a weird way it might even prevent you from really seeing who's who's going to be more interesting and who's yeah. going to stick out cuz at the end of the day a lot of people are kind of similar, you know, especially yeah depending on what city you're in, you're going to find a, uh, you're going to find a similar type of person. But on the other hand, I do encourage guys to go on a lot of dates. And I do that because I feel like volume is so necessary to find someone who's going to be a good fit. I would say that for women too. Yeah. Volume is necessary just because you never know who you're going to end up on a date with. So maybe as I'm saying this, as much as I do believe it can get really mundane to go on a lot of first dates, you got to at least keep up with it so that you know you're finding someone who's going to be what could be the best match. But another way to go about this is something I call the three non-negotiables. So I teach guys to come up with three of the most important qualities in a woman that they're looking for. So that way... It's more of a systematized approach. And instead of going off of how they feel, going off of that plus the qualities of the woman. So then they know if they have someone that's good in front of them. So it prevents yeah. it prevents the opposite of settling, which would be not choosing. Mm-hmm. Do you think on that note, do you believe in like you think with your heart and your mind when it comes to dating? Be more specific. So 
what you're saying is if they're looking for these qualities, they would be thinking with their mind, but what if they already have feelings for them or they really like them, but then the qualities aren't matching up. So that'll be thinking with the mind. I feel like a lot of guys actually think with their heart that I've seen and women are a bit more, not really intuitive, but they think more for the future and they think with their heads more than their hearts. Interesting. I'm not sure. Well, what you're saying makes sense to me. I could imagine a lot of guys going with their feeling on a woman versus their mind. I also think, though, that women do that, too. I don't know if it's a male or female difference. I'm not sure. I've only thought about that too much. But, yeah, I do feel like a lot of guys focus on She's beautiful. She's easy to talk to. She's so sweet. And then they don't focus on the qualities. And then you know what ends up happening? Naturally, that initial infatuation will fade because that happens over time in any relationship. Yeah. And then you're left with this person who you're like, oh, I didn't really like those qualities about that person. And then you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that maybe that is one of the reasons why I'm really pushing that on guys. I'm guilty of that, too. I I think most of the people I've ever been in relationships, I went into with feeling over mind. And then when yeah. I started working on the mind, boom, I got into a relationship that was good for me. Whereas I'm the opposite. All of my relationships have gone with mind, not feeling. Well, I'm curious what the what that aspect of the mind is for you. What 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 mind things are you thinking? Just about their qualities and if they are that man that I'm seeking. How I mean, like the traditional type of hardworking guy, similar interests, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like once that is in check, my heart can then take over and mm-hmm. I can allow myself to feel. So I think I have a fear of falling for the wrong person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's subconscious for whatever reason. I've been like that for many years. And that's why I'll always go in with my mind because I'll never place myself in that vulnerable position. And I feel like it's worked out well for me so far. I mean, I think it sounds smart to me. Yeah, I've always been like that. It sounds smart to do it that way. Because when you're doing it too much on feeling and emotion, you're not thinking rational. So you could more so, the odds would be you could end up with the wrong person. Yeah. But if you're thinking more logically, like, is this person a good fit for me in my future? That's going to be the thing that makes it long lasting. At At least that's a great start to knowing that. Yeah. Right. So you said that that's worked out for you. However, you've also had, you've ended all of your relationships. Yeah, I was waiting for that. (laughs) Okay. So what made you end those? So like you said, I feel like that's not, even though it's still to this day, it is a make or break, the whole traditional and shivery and all that. Once that faded, because it obviously does fade a little bit as time goes on, as years go on, that's not the focus in the relationship anymore. Once that faded and once I spent more time with them, I realized that we weren't very compatible intellectually and I'm big on communication and I just feel like we'd clash too much and I wanted the freedom and they wanted me to be like 
together all the time and be as one. I guess mm. that's how a relationship should be. But I feel like I wasn't ready mentally for a relationship because I've had one my whole 20s and I haven't really grown as an individual. So that's why I'm taking the time, couple, even if it's only a year or two. Mm. I feel like that will be sufficient enough to really figure out how to act in a relationship because I have many immature qualities, so I can have in a relationship. So, yeah. You have I'm many immature qualities? In a relationship, I can, like, I don't usually know how to handle, say, conflict. I'd, like, switch off or, you know, I wouldn't really. I'm, I'm more of a runner when it comes to conflict. Okay. So, yeah, it sounds like you have a, um, you have an attachment style that's, that's more about distancing yourself. Yeah, I'm very distant. You know? Yeah. It's called an avoidant attachment. Yeah. I wonder if that's you. I wonder if... I'm going to go deep here and feel free, of course, not to have to answer. We don't have to get specifics. Do you have any trauma with your dad? Yes. Like pretty intense trauma? No, just very, he was very absent. So it was more like a high and by type of interaction my whole life. And is he still around in your life? Yeah. But also the same. It's more like, hi, how are you? How was your day? Like he's not really, he probably doesn't even know what I do for work. Like he wouldn't remember. Like he's very, yeah, in his own world. So is it safe to say you don't have much of a relationship with your dad? No, I never have. Never have? No. This doesn't surprise me. And I'm not a psychologist by any means, but I know some basics. Mm. And I know that when we have trauma from our parents when we're younger, it shows up in our relationships when yeah, we're older. Definitely. You know, have you been to a therapist? Because you're a very self-aware individual. I am. Yeah, I'm very self-reflective. I have wanted to go and I've actually been recently looking into going. So I think I'll definitely follow that up. Not because I think there's something wrong just to, you know, figure out why, you know, like you said, I am very detached. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I really wonder, because it sounds like you did the right thing when you got into the relationship with some of those guys. I wonder if you didn't have any of these traumatic experiences as a kid, then maybe these guys that you were in a relationship with, maybe one or more of those guys is actually a good fit for you. Yeah. I feel like the recent one was, even the one before, they were pretty similar. But I just have a switch. And like you're saying, it's an avoidance switch. So after the infatuation stage goes and it becomes more serious, I have like a switch and then I'll just like, if I'm getting too close or I'm feeling vulnerable, I'll like distance myself. And that's where a lot of the clashes happen. One theory of that, again, I'm not a psychologist, but one theory of that could be that's happening in your relationships because, well, either one of two things. One, that's what you know of relationships with men being distant, like mm. you are with your dad. And that's how we, yeah. you know, we're forming those in those formative years. You're learning how to connect with the same and the opposite sex, i.e. mom, dad. And or you're afraid that you're going to get abandoned by them because you've had the trauma of being semi-abandoned because you don't have a relationship with your dad. You're protecting yourself. 
subconsciously. Yeah, that's why I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you're just like, yep, that's it. Yep. That is why I do it. I tell people this. That's why I'm saying I'm very self-reflective. So that's why I do it. And I have to abandon them first. But I don't do it on purpose. Like you're saying, it's a subconscious Subconsciously. Thing. Yeah. 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 Not to sit here and like, you know, t- dissect you psychology, yeah, psychologically. Yeah. But I think you, you know, I think you get a, at least a kicker understanding out of some of the things I'm, I'm saying yeah. here, you know. This is a so great I'm worried combo. that that's going to prevent me from um, getting a relief because, like I said, every it's usually after the year mark or even a bit before, I'll just change. Like I'll become distant or I won't have time for them or I won't be as interested or like I'm very in my own space. I don't want to do things together. I'm not really loving anymore. Like things will change and it happens with everyone that I'm with. So. I don't want to be a shooter, meaning, uh, uh, which means uh shooting you right now but i am a person who gives advice hence the name trip Mm -hmm. advice so if it's okay with you can i give you some advice like if you were my friend yeah like what i would say to do if you were like hey i need some advice like what should i do Mm -hmm. i would say you need to 110 percent be focused on therapy and literally nothing else you shouldn't be dating any guys going on any dates you should Mm -hmm. be not responding to any guys on Instagram or the dating apps. And you should be fully focused on healing or working towards the healing of these traumas in therapy multiple times per week. So you don't waste any more time with any kind of breakups or future relationships that won't work out due to the traumas. Yeah. What do you think? I see that. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I was looking at doing that because, yeah, I definitely don't want to waste any more time. And I am seeing a pattern in relationships that it can't always be the guy's fault why it's not working out. Right. Yeah. You are very fun to talk to. Thank you. You are, you are very smart and self-aware, and I think that's really cool. And I think that because of how much you have this self-awareness, I have a feeling that things are going to work out for you as long as you're acting on the things that you are self-aware about. Just some, of my, yeah. just some of my thoughts. Hopefully. You never know. Cool. Never know. Did you have fun today? Was this intense? This is. How, yeah, I did. What, what, uh, what, what time is it there? It's 9.22 a.m. Okay. Okay. So not that early. So I don't start work till 12. So display homes open at 12. So I leave home like 11.30. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, any more thoughts that you want to share with the guys who are listening or me or anything? I feel like we mainly spoke about my relationships and my problems. Did we even give like good advice? Um, I think that the conversation itself is eye-opening. And maybe it's not direct advice to the guys, but I like to have conversations with with women on here to get their perspective. And it helps men learn about how women think, how they feel. Yeah. And having a conversation like this helps understand how women are acting in 2022 and what's going on. I think that the awareness of that can start to affect the way that they treat dating and women and the way they go about it in their lives. 
So yeah. kind of like an indirect way of giving advice is, is why I do episodes like this and do interviews. Yeah. So I see that. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't, I didn't, I enjoy it. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's for selfish reasons too. I enjoy talking about this stuff and, and it's fun to talk to strangers and mm-hmm. not know anything about them and then have conversations about big and deep topics. So I had fun. Yeah. yeah, me too. Cool. Awesome. Uh, where can guys follow you if you want them to see you and follow you on social media? Instagram. Do I send you my Instagram? Yeah, you can email it to me and we'll put it in the show yeah. notes and guys will yeah, can follow you and and I'm sure they'll DM you and say hello. So get ready. <laughs> How do you know they will? No, because I have a resting bitch face. So they might uh, be But they hear you now and so now... I uh, see. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Maybe you I'll go. find my perfect guy through your um, through your podcast. You never know. Okay, you just triple <laughs> the amount of men who are going to reach out to you. Perfect. <laughs> but you should be focused on yourself right now. Yes. Yeah, see, so then they won't reach out now. Okay, maybe they won't. They know. Or maybe they still will because they're just, you know, put their foot in the door. Because for, they're in their feelings, not in their mind. <laughs> bingo. I love it. You just full circle that. That's great. Awesome. Rebecca, thanks for chatting with me today. And, Thank uh, you so much. And yeah, take care. Take care.